Podcast, deconstructing foiling, flow, and the learning process with your host, Eric Antonsen. What's up, folks? Thank you for tuning in to the Progression Project Podcast. Uh, today, live in the studio, is Mike Pedigo stoked we have just had i think for me personally the most miles on foil from last sunday until today by a large margin for sure um no intro today we're going right into the show um so last week mike and i were in hood river out there with unifoil team and then we came back immediately i got some i got a downwind run on sunday two of them actually and then the lease well started hitting and we just finished towing uh, I've been towing on the ski the last three days. This has been epic, Mike. Yeah, it's been. I, mean, oh, I think the, the lease swell is probably the best Florida's seen all year for sure. Right. Um, yeah, that's five five foot fifteen seconds. Just a different feel. Yeah, for sure. Unflorida like. Yeah, say. it's going to be an interesting podcast because both of us are about as tired as you can get right now. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how this goes. Um, let's start with Hood. Oh man, what are your thoughts is... on Hood, dude? First of all, what an incredible place. I'm so amazed by that place and how that river works and just the, the foil possibilities there. It's, it's pretty mind-blowing. Um, yeah, man, I, foiling in a river, first of all, unreal. And then the way those bumps form and move, it was mind-blowing. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I was, um, I was thinking about it on the flight home and it might be my favorite surf trip I've ever done. And it was to a river in the yeah. middle of a desert. <laughs> like to fresh, to fresh water. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Never worried about sharks. Like maybe I saw a few salmon. Like that's just yep. different. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The whole vibe there was awesome. I mean, we were there for AWSI, so there was extra people there. But even, I mean, the locals, man, they're stoked. They're super inviting. Like got yep. to foil with some people that I've always chatted with. and. It was just so cool, man. The whole the whole thing, that whole week was unbelievable. I think I put um, probably like 60 miles on foil that week. I was that's, thinking about it. And that's where I landed as well. Yeah. Pretty um, wild. And that's with current going against you. So, like, yeah. that's what the watch shows. But, I mean, in comparison to, to here, I think 60 miles there is probably like 80 here or something. You know, like actual, yep. like, flight over water. We were going faster on, like water speed yeah how it felt was a lot faster than our runs here and we were doing uh demo had his watch on and it was six minute miles and so here even on slow days i'm doing four and a half five minute miles yeah so there's definitely a 20 yeah, percent difference the, I mean, yeah exactly yep yeah um let's start with like first feels like how it felt in the river versus how it feels in the ocean yeah um you start and then yeah, then well, I'll take it over. I got there a day after you did, yep. and uh, I went straight out to Rufus, and it's nuking. Met, it was absolutely nuking. Met up with uh, with Finch, who had a board. I didn't have a board with me. I had foil <laughs> stuff, and I was basically just like, "Bro, let me see your let me see your stuff. I gotta go send." I showed up twenty minutes after you, and you were on the water, and I was like, "What's going on?" Like, Mike just stole my shit. Yeah, I, <laughs> and he's yeah. out there. He was not super happy. Yeah. I. Yeah, maybe I should have slowed down there, but I was just like frothing so hard. And I had just been the day before in this group message with Eric and all the uni guys about how like epic it was, and I was in Portland. So by the time I met up with Finch, I was like, dude, just give me your board. I got to go. So <laughs> funny thing, though, he sends me, he's like, yeah, just do this little two-mile run right here and like get out right by this rocky outcropping. There's a boat ramp. You can't miss it. And I'm like, okay, that seems pretty simple. So I get in, have a mind-blowing run, like just taking it all in like trying to read these bumps which are not hard to read but it's different you know just with the current and how much wind it was it was an insane run and i pull out of this boat ramp and there's a bunch of seaweed in there it's kind of weird i'm frothing i'm super amped it's like all smelly and the boat ramp's weird and there's like fishing nets everywhere and i'm like I'm like man is this how they're doing this every time i get out and uh, my wife's picking me up and like I walk past this guy and he's like, you can't, you can't get out here. This is not the spot. Like you should be, you know, a hundred, all you needed to do was a hundred yards further. And I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry, man. Like I didn't realize what it was. Turns out it was like this, 
um, Native American fishing grounds. So it's all private. And I'm like, oh, this makes sense. And uh, yeah, so that was a, a super weird start for me. But um, and then later we ended up putting a drone in the tree in the same spot, which was extra awkward. But <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so we had, to, <laughs> we had to go back to that same spot and sneak in there and grab a drone out of a tree, which was interesting. But yeah, it, it's a totally different scene. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just un- unbelievable. Yeah. So in comparison to Florida and downwinding, it's like a different sport. You know, every, I mean, unless it's really good here, I'm generally limiting out on cardio. I'm generally getting to a point at some point in the run where I'm like, all right, well, I'm, I'm getting pretty tired here, pretty winded, heart rate's pretty high. And there, I don't think I ever felt really winded. I mean, winded from surfing a few times, you know, more than a few times probably, but um, not, it wasn't the same because you could always just like stand up and cruise. Yeah. Like the last day we had some pretty weak conditions there and there was, there was definitely some work. After that tanker came through, it kind of like mellowed out the river and Damo and I were behind. So one thing I'll say, which is really cool is that my son Damien is 14. Um, he's a good foil surfer, uh, does shore runners with me, the whole thing. He's never really downwinded. He, he used to sup a ton, sup foiled a couple times and he got downwind there in literally like a day. Um, and he did, I did every send with him. And so my first couple of days I was, you know, back from the pack a lot because it took him a little bit longer to get chips and then he's coming off foil a little bit. But by the end- He was crushing it. He's crushing it. He did two, he aced two tunnel runs, which are about four, four miles. Uh, didn't come off foil for those. But the last day, it was the weakest of the whole thing. and. Um, he couldn't get up on foil for a little while and so I was waiting and then this tanker came through and then by the time we got up we were doing the tunnel run and it was just brutal we were just pumping the whole time but that was the only run where I felt like Florida work yeah I agree I I never felt like I like redlined on that trip like I feel like when we do downwinders here like almost every downwinder I'm like redlining you know Uh as far as cardio goes and at the gorge I had this weird I was sore in these places like I pump all the time so like pumping doesn't necessarily make me sore anymore right and but I was getting sore in my quads in these weird places and I I thought through it and I realized it's because I I had just logged like literally hundreds of hard cars you know like <laughs> <laughs> like you don't really think about that when you're downwinding but I was just like doing figure eights for miles like every day and yep. hundreds of them and my muscles were like dude you we're not used to this. This is a lot more turning than right. than normal. So that was that was awesome. Just a yeah. fun realization how much we're really cranking. I was so impressed with how much energy is in the river. The first two days at Rufus, I mean, that felt like like legit swell. Like you were going as fast. Like yeah, we're well, bombing down like chest high yeah waves. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I rode the one forty on a downwind run, which I'd never thought that I would ride the one forty, and it felt amazing yeah right it was actually better what was really cool was having that trip logging that amount of miles on foil and well a couple other things too so ku was on the trip josh ku like there are levels to downwind josh is at the top of those levels for sure um it was wicked getting to watch him and soak up the way that he approaches popping up and bumps and um even his gear selection like he doesn't blink an eye at taking the 140 out or even the 125 like he's just full send yeah um, and so I came back and well, and with Demo, you know, the, especially the first couple days doing so many starts, I think I did 40 starts, 40 pop-ups the first day. I just got so much better at it um, that I came back and, and last Sunday was a very weak day here. I was blowing at like 15 knots, maybe not even knots, 15 miles an hour. And um, the direction wasn't great. And I have this new board that I wanted to test and so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take out the 170. I'm going to do a quick two-mile run. Just, you know, two miles is something that you could paddle pretty easily, but 45 minutes or something like that if I didn't get up. And, you know, it took me a minute. It took me two attempts to, like, figure out placement of feet for balance because I kept stalling out the foil, like, getting up and stalling. And once I figured that out, I was up on the 170 in conditions that before the trip I would have been on the fence about going on the 200. And then I did another run on it on the 170 and it's the, the trip has opened up like this whole other level of efficiency offshore for me because 
on the 170, I thought I'd be working harder. I was working less. The glide's better. Um, able to, like, have more speed. You know, the 200's amazing. I, I love that foil. But the, the 170 just was, like, opening up, turning, and, and staying in the right place, and then getting to the spot where I wanted to be faster. So, I mean, immediately yeah. getting back, I was like, oh, my, I'm better at downwind than when I left by, yeah. by a large margin. And that was just so incredible. I think a lot of uh, foil selection on downwind kind of depends on the speed of the bumps. Yeah. And like, and, and what your goals are for the session, you know, and, and your skill level too. But I, I felt some similar things with the 170 versus some larger, like I used to downwind a ton on the 1440. Mm -hmm. And then when I got the 170 and realized I can pop up on it, it was keeping up with energy at a much, much more, in a much more efficient way right. than the bigger wings were. And like, yep. of course the bigger wings, the stall speed's great and you can pump out of things and kind of like recover from things great. But, but with the, with a faster wing, like I didn't actually have to like pump out of things because I'm staying with it more. It's, it's an interesting like balance. Right. Yeah. You can hang on more energy. Like yeah. A little swell bump would hang come through. Hang on more energy and hang on it for longer. Yep. And sometimes that, that difference right there means no pumping yeah. at all. Well, and if you need to chase down a bump or, or mow through a bump, it's more efficient yeah. going through. Right. Which, which I really like. Yeah. Sometimes on the bigger wings, you can't chase down. It's just not, it's not a possibility. You're going to be trying to climb up a hill and you're not going to make it. Yep. Yeah. The, the other thing that I learned is, so the, the two boards that I was riding out there was a 100 liter board, a 75, 18 and a half, and then a 710, 120, which is way bigger than like I would ever sub surf. You know, like coming from sub surfing, it's kind of always equal liters to a kilogram body weight. And I'm about, I don't know, 10 above that for downwinding. And 120 is almost like uh, probably 20 above. And, you know, Josh Koo is lighter, 165, and he's in the hundred like low hundreds range, which is a much bigger margin. He's a better downwinder and a much bigger margin um, of volume. And so it, it was interesting. So I, I hopped on that 120, and the chips were just instant. It was like pop, pop up. And I think that my next board, I'm going up in liters. It's, um, it, you know, I didn't sacrifice that much. At Rufus, I sacrificed nothing on that 710. When we were kind of like at the hatch, the bumps were tighter and it felt tight. Yeah. Um, but that, that's cool to like learn that I've been making everything harder than it needed to be. Um, yeah, I had that same sort of realization. You yeah. and I are close in weight, I think, right? Like, I'm, I'm like 180, 180. Getting closer. Yeah. Getting closer. Getting closer. <laughs> <laughs> Is that because I'm getting bigger or you're getting, you're getting leaner? I'm getting leaner. <laughs> How are we I'm getting, getting leaner. <laughs> I'm on a health kick. Yeah, so I'm like 180, 185. And um, we're, I, was, I spent all my time in hood on the 7,500 liter. And it's, it's pushing it a little bit for me on volume. I could make it work, no problem. But I, I do see where there could be an advantage of a little bit. I could use a little bit more volume. And I think it would just, it would just give me that little bit of extra stability on my first few strokes to get going so I can get like a, deliver like a true, proper, powerful stroke. Yep. Yeah, and I think that, that'll be where the difference is. But man, it feels so good once it's up. Like yep. that, this, this model we're talking about feels so freaking surfy once yeah. you're up and it fits because it's not eight foot long or eight and a half feet long it fits in these spaces really well and that's super important for me because i kind of want to treat like when when the bumps would steepen upright i'm treating them like a true wave like i'm doing bottom turns and top turns and yep. and um you know if i'm trying to bottom turn a super long board i'm i might run the nose and right in front of the bump in front of me and i don't i don't want to do that so there's a there's a happy medium, I think, on size, and that felt so good. It just felt naturally surfy. Yeah. The so one thing I will note, we were talking about it. At Hood Hood's freshwater, obviously, um, ocean salt water. It's about a three percent difference in density, so you gain about on a hundred liter board three or four liters, and it, you do notice it. Mm -hmm. you, you do get a little bit more float. It's still it. What was interesting though is I had a little bit more float on the runs I did on Sunday. But you have a lot more like mixed up swell in the water. Yeah, it's not as organized. So, yeah. it, you know, like there were a couple moments where you're paddling into a wave and then like the side wave, it was like east and then went southeast. There was like two bumps in the water. The tail would get taken out. 
and then I'd be underwater. And when I sink the 100 liter board, I go about to my knees. Yeah. You know, it's like amazing. <laughs> it's like equal, but if you mess yeah. up, it's like, it, you drop down a little bit. Yeah, but. I, I definitely sank that one a few times, like like properly sink the board yeah. and had to kind of recover out of it. So yeah. It's a weird feeling. So we should probably be on boards that we can't like sink yeah. like that. Right? I think I'm 110 liters. I think yeah. my next board's going to be 110, and I'm trying to decide right now do I make it just wider? I don't really want to go much longer. Um, you know, the board that I've been on up until this 7.5 has been a 610 by 23 and it's terrible to get up but man once you're up it's still my favorite board on foil as a sup it's it's you glassed it it's so light it's like 10 right. pounds um it just feels it fits everywhere yeah you know and so i'm trying to make the decision right now what do you think Set, keep it seven five and go like nineteen and a half. I don't know because the the narrowness is is part of what makes the seven five so fast i have a hard time wanting to go much wider yeah yeah it's a it's tough like i'm really gonna have to think through that that's for, an interesting like dilemma right like yeah a little bit wider you'd be stable you'd be able to get power down easier mm -hmm. but, but you're not quite as fast yeah. as the water yeah and that that seven five is genuinely like really knifey through the water super fast yeah i mean yeah. For, the, for the first time i was able to paddle up the 170 on flat water and i think i could i think the 140 is like in play like i feel like i might be able to actually paddle that one up in flat water and and that's a big deal for me yeah. And I haven't I just haven't had a board yet where I was able to do that. So it's the flat water is a good a good like um, judge for me. Just like all right, this wing on in flat water, I've tried this wing on all these different boards and boom, like land on one board, it's like, "Oh, I can actually do this on this board." It's not the wing, the, the conditions aren't any different, right? Like so, you know, you you can just like x out all the other variables and it's like, "Okay, the board is the only thing different and yes, it works on this one, but it doesn't on these other ones." Yep. So that was a good feeling. I wonder how relevant that is, though, because some boards might be better at catching energy, you know, once you get a little bit of bump. Like, is flat water its own thing? Or, and how much of that comes across, like, into, into bumps? I wonder. Yeah, that's interesting what you say about bump. I mean, because that energy, the way, like, depending on where your placement is and what the board looks like, some boards are going to pick up you know pick up that energy sooner or easier yeah, yeah i didn't really think that i mean that's that's definitely a factor i think but it's still it's so hard in foiling and and design work in foiling to eliminate variables so anytime i find an option to eliminate variables and like truly get down to just one variable i, I want to go after it and and, yep. and use that to my advantage and hood was the best place that i've ever felt to be able to experience like little variables but it was funny i was talking to kane and um, maybe it was Koo at the same time. It was someone else in Kane, or maybe it was Army. It was Kane and it was Kane and Army. I was over there at the, at the Army booth with and KT were right next to each other, hanging out with them. And they were saying, and I agree. It's like it's like probably the worst place to test gear in one way because everything works. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like it's so good that everything feels yeah. amazing. But I could definitely tell a difference. I did so many different tests between short fuse, long or medium fuse and short fuse, and then. Um, you know, different tails, uh, different shims. What I was most surprised about the whole time was that I threw a one degree shim on at one point to try to get a little bit more front foot, be able to like finish turns a little better. And it absolutely destroyed the pop-up. It killed the pop-up. It felt like I was pulling an anchor. It was only a one degree shim. It doesn't seem like that would make sense. Maybe I was off, maybe the conditions, but it was like back-to-back -back runs. Um, but that was like kind of surprising to me that just a little bit of shim, like, made it so much different in popping up. Was that the only variable or were you on the short fuse that day? Too? No, that was the only, that was the only one. Yep, yeah, that. I was yeah. loving the feels of, I had a couple lazy runs where I was, when my legs were like, you can't do anymore. I threw the 200 on with the short fuse and the 14 and a half tail. And that was, those were some of, those ended up being some of my top favorite runs because it was just so breezy and um, just long flowy lines with Which super minimal cardio the 200 short fuse and the 14 and a half tail that's that's yeah. my favorite right setup here for yeah. meager conditions and those and those were on some of the days where it was a lot lighter the wind yeah. was definitely lighter and we were starting in an area where most people would look at and go like you can't downwind that <laughs> like yeah out there by the yeah like not really a great spot to start so the 200 was super helpful on just like getting on foil right there but yeah unless josh Koo was probably riding the 140 right there though so he was <laughs> i think <Yeah>. he was <laughs> actually uh, yeah i think he was yeah legitimately 
I, yep. I thought I was joking, but then I think about it, I think it probably was. That was funny to like, the, the, the area by the hatch is like, what is there? Probably, I don't know, 400, 500 meters. That's just yeah, so good. Fuck, just firing right there by the hatch. But you have to do like a mile and a half to get there. Yeah. <laughs> like accelerated work. Like it starts off like we were doing a lot of work and then it gets just gradually easier. gets more and more fun and then when you get to the hatch it's like full-on epic like these wedges yep just oh yep dude. so i was thinking about this so i made a post on instagram probably some of you guys have seen it um about it was kyle Lenny. kyle Lenny posted a video of him subsurfing and i was saying that yeah i think it's amazing that kai is still doing that because he uh, he's someone who didn't get bucked by the pressure of surfing and he still subsurfs and i think that's awesome and foiling, there's been some pushback, but it seems like people who foil are much better than average surfers. And so the pushback I don't think is working as much. And also you can optimize, you can, it take, kind of takes conditions out of the mix. And so um, I was mentioning that and I was thinking about crowds in surfing and I was thinking about the difference in the feel of the wind sport guys, like Hood River's a wind sport place. And so I was thinking that, like, I never felt a vibe from anyone the entire time that I was out there. And I even came off foil one time, coming right through the hatch, like right where you don't want to come off, the most crowded place in the whole river. You know, kiters, wingers, everybody just, you know, cruising back and forth right there, downwinders coming through the lineup. And I came off foil right there, and I felt like I was in everybody's way, and everybody who came by was hooting. Yeah. I had the same, the same experience. It, it's everybody was so inviting and it was yeah. everybody across all of the wind disciplines there yep. too it's not just even the windsurfers you know the windsurfers I, I was um, downwinding right next to um, two guys on surf skis <laughs> and they were stoked and I was stoked for them like they're you know like we, we actually stayed I was really impressed they were moving quick because we were staying together for quite a while and everybody's just super inviting if you if you flip the coin and you said Let's take Surf Expo and put it at the at the make the event site for Surf Expo the pier. Right. <laughs> Can you imagine like you, yeah what like you know our pier here where everybody's like super hardcore and and put a bunch of people from out of you town had a bunch to, of suppers paddle out yeah. or like a oh windsurfer go out it in would the lineup be a nightmare like it would just be total mayhem. Yep. But there everybody's just super inviting. Yep. That was like I think one of my biggest takeaways was just the amount of stoke and how I love that. I mean I'm probably the biggest fan of the surf side of foiling although downwind is like definitely getting there too but i get along with the wind sport guys yeah really well it's awesome for sure oh, well. there's a lot of talent there on the winds the wind side too like the wingers that were doing the you know uh nathan's there like every time i turn around he's doing some crazy yep. things like i, I don't even Stuff like, I, I'm like, ah, I don't actually understand what I just saw, but it was really freaking cool. Yeah. Nathan's one of the guys who's been on the podcast, and he's so positive, and there's so much stoke coming out of him. You kind of get, get off the show, and you're like, I wonder if that's real, if he's just putting that it's on. It's legit. Dude, I spent yeah. a bunch of time with him out there, <laughs> and he's so stoked, and he's so flipping talented. Like, we've been talking for a long time about the next generation yeah. coming up, even though it's kind of like we all started at the same time, but... Um, there are levels and Nathan is at yeah, the peak of those levels in all disciplines. Yeah, and that's what's cool. He's tapped into this extra level on uh, across the board on yeah. all the disciplines, yeah. Yeah. I was bummed that I got to spend a lot of time hanging out with Kane, but I didn't get to foil with Kane at all. I was bummed I know, about that. I know, I know. I wish I would have been able to... There, actually, one of my big regret, regrets from AWSI is not talking and hanging out with more people. Like, you know, we were... I was so focused on the moments where we had we could send, right? You know, and then you know I'd be messing around with flatwater starts or dock starts or something, and and then like I got home and I'm like, man, like I didn't I didn't go see these guys, I didn't see that guy, I didn't introduce myself to this guy. I was like, man, like next time I gotta, yeah, really spend a day just chatting with more people. It would be good to spend a day like, I mean, I'm so happy that we had wind. I wouldn't yeah. obviously change anything, but to where I, we were so tired, we were just lapping. I would, it, we'd get out there at 10 o'clock at Rufus or whatever it was, and then, you know, just lap, lap, lap. All of a sudden, it's 4 or 5 o'clock, mm -hmm. and you're just on foil or driving the whole time. Yeah, and then you realize your wife's been shuttling you around like, literally <laughs> all day with your three-year-old three in the back of the truck. And five guys. Oh, my God, man. We st Abby is such a, such a chip. We, we, 
I, I pushed my family on this trip. I'm not gonna lie, but they they handled it. We um, we stuffed. I think at one point it was like eight people or something. Like it was ridiculous. I got a picture. I'll probably post it yep. at some point of all the foils sticking out of the back of the truck, and we're all sitting in each other's laps, and like there's people on the floorboard, and it was it was pretty ridiculous. But yep. yeah, Sarah just, did the same thing. I think we do have the best two foil wives for sure in the business. Um, yeah. But yeah, from like <laughs> amazing eight to four, just <laughs> run after run. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you end up logging 60 miles in three or four days. I mean, you just do it all day. Yep. Uh, um, all right. What, what else should we cover about hood before we jump off? Oh, you know what I really appreciated out there? Um, and, and this was unexpected. Everyone was so stoked on talking technology and sharing ideas. I, you know, I, I've, I've had a fear that foiling would become a little bit more walled off yeah and that that would then incept riders in the lineup i felt none of that no we were doing runs not. with axis guys and armstrong yeah. guys and i spent a bunch of time talking to kt about stuff like the, yeah. the, there was there was none of that and then like kane and army independently came up with like the same idea which is this really cool um extreme camber, camber. Yeah. Uh, on some foils and and like I was talking to them together about it and there was no weirdness yeah. in any of it yeah. and I thought that was like no. special. Army himself invited us to hop in his van and like you know yeah. get a shuttle up upstream. It was, it was yeah. super cool. Actually, um, I sat in Armstrong's presentation and they they did a they did a fantastic job with that. But they they mentioned like that aspect of it, mm -hmm. like like growing the sport and like you know not trying to block it you know like the this the, that sort of secrecy like just yep. they just genuinely want to see the sport grow yep and uh, and the way they worded that in their presentation was pretty beautiful and and it was it just came across so friendly like yeah yeah i i thought that was uh, it was unexpected just because you know i i feel like in the surf world because in the sup world anyways i felt it was very guarded and um I don't know, just a, a just a different vibe. Maybe it's an artifact of of surfing, or maybe it's that scarcity yeah. feeling. I think so much the, abundance in foiling. We're, yeah, we're and we're still relatively, we're still in the infancy of this sport. You know, we are. like surfing's been around for how many years, right? Like we're like we all we all want to see the sport grow, continue to grow and grow in a healthy manner. And I think the best way to do that is to all be, you know, supportive of each other to some level. So. Yeah. Yeah, if we don't have that kind of separation within, then we're we're gonna grow as a a foiling a giant foiling family worldwide, in a healthier way. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I, you know what, it gave me a lot of hope too. Wind wind sports, you know, windsurfing's been around forever. Kiting's been around for decades longer than foiling has. Mm -hmm. They still have that vibe. Yeah. At least it felt that way yeah. while we were there. Yeah. Maybe the some of the brands there are a little bit more compartmentalized, but. Um, that gives me hope that foiling can stay on that path yeah. rather than kind of maybe the more the, the surf. I think it will. And I think a lot of it has to do with just the types of people that end up getting into foiling. Mm -hmm. The types of people that get into foiling are the types of people that maybe already kited before. Maybe yep. they already windsurfed before. They're already more open-minded people yep. and probably just naturally a little bit more inviting mm -hmm. to, to new disciplines. So I, I think... Yeah, I think that vibe will stay just just off that nature by itself. Yeah, I agree. It was it was interesting after that post that I, I did yesterday, um, the Kyleni Sup video and the, what I wrote. It's probably the most responses I've ever had to anything that I've done on Instagram. The amount of posts that I got, like private messages after that, DMs, it was insane. And someone who's a buddy has lived for a few years in Hawaii and then has lived in Florida as well, and he said he absolutely agrees but what is interesting is that florida kind of has a surf culture i assume california is probably very similar but hawaii has a waterman culture and it's a very different feel out there yeah. it's all very accepted and um i get that i thought that was interesting from just just posts i see and stuff like like from over there I, yeah. I wish that would be the way it was over here yeah and it seems so strange here in florida to have such a hardcore surf culture in a spot that has much, that has just except for yesterday waves. and today, <laughs> right, yeah. it has no waves. It's, it's kind of like just foil waves. 
Yeah. Oh, man. Um, let's talk about this swell. Oh, my God. First of all, it, do, it just it's, it doesn't look like Florida, this swell. Like, we don't, we see this so rarely. Like I said, I think I said earlier, we're supposed to be at five foot at 15 seconds today. And granted, a lot of that energy doesn't, it gets sapped up, I think, by yeah. our, we have a continental shelf that goes out about 40 miles. And from the beach to 40 miles out, you're probably in the 20 to 60 foot range. And then it drops off to like 400 feet. So I think a lot of that longer period energy gets kind of sapped up along that 40 mile stretch but we're still seeing a different level of energy than we're, yep. than we're used to by far. I mean, our typical intervals are uh, six to eight, nine seconds, you know? Yep. So yeah, it's a totally different game. And then you're looking for your spots. You're like, well, where is it not just gonna close out at, you know? Right. <laughs> the most infuriating thing of this swell has been, we tow the same spot all the time. All, like, yeah, all I've the time. I've never time. seen a surfer there, and there's been boats on it for the last three days and we couldn't really tow our favorite spot. We were being respectful to the surfers. Um, but yeah. It's tough though, because we kind of get as foilers, we kind of get like pushed out to that spot, you know, from, right. from like the main surf spot, which right. is fine. Like we, we surf, we foil it by ourselves all the time. It's great. And now this epic swell comes in and then the surfers want to want to be in this spot that we've gotten forced out to. Right. <laughs> you know, and if, then we have to kind of like bend and go, okay, or they can have that peak, which is fine. I, I want to, you know, want to definitely want to do what I can to share, especially if we're on a ski, like we, we shared, we, we let them have the peak. It's yeah. the right thing to do, but it's still like, uh, like this was, this feels like our wave because we're here all the time. And yeah. This is like the one, there are two days of the year that there's going to be surfers trying to sit on this peak. Yeah. It's like, I know that shark. Yeah, okay, yeah. It's my buddy. I saw a big one yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was right, it was funny. We had finished towing and, and we went right up next to the jetty. And I was like, I'm going to get one whip, stay outside of the surfers. But there's a great, North Jetty's a great peak. It comes in, it's like Sebastian Inlet, wedges up and it runs right. And it does that kind of on the beach really well, but it does it outside as well. And so I whipped on one there outside, never went through the lineup or anything. And like second or third turn, I'm bottom turning. And there's like a solid, like kind of girthy six or seven foot shark, mm-hmm. like right there. As soon as I see that, it always, I almost always fall when I see a big shark. Dude, I funny, don't know why. I'll, it's funny you say that. When I used to kite all the time, and I used to kite in the spot that we tow at. Mm-hmm. And I, I would see a shark. And I was like an accomplished kiter, you know, like I, I could definitely hold my own. And I would see a shark and I would immediately go, oh God, that was a big shark. Don't fall, don't fall. And I would, I would like half the time I would fall and for no reason. It's not like I launched some air or something or I would just like, I would trip myself out and I'd fall and I'd be like, oh God dang it. Like, you know. And then my, my kite board's like, you know, 20 or 30 feet behind me. So I'm doing this body drag, like trolling myself around where I just saw the shark. Like it happened so often. Like, why do I always fall when I see a shark? Yeah, I was thinking about sharks a little bit more than normal yesterday. Cause well, I, that's because we just got out of hood, which, which all you're thinking about is salmon you want to eat. Well, yeah, but I, I cut my finger. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, that's right. Like about an hour into the session on a um, Cliffy Proto that's incredibly good, but also incredibly sharp, and I didn't really... I didn't really think about it before we went out there and I was just trying to adjust something and like moving the foil around and just sliced a good chunk out of a finger. Um, so I had like, it never stopped bleeding the whole time we were towing yesterday. <laughs> it was, it wouldn't look that bloody and then I'd finish a run and I'd look at it and like my whole hand like had yeah. blood on it. <laughs> that one found some sandpaper today. Yeah. So something we were talking about yesterday that I think is really cool is that we have energy right now and it's, we have, it's good energy, you know, um, you're going a lot faster. And the conditions have been perfect. But I don't know if I'm having exponentially more fun than I do when we towed the 200 out there and it was two foot. It's, it's like, it, I, I guess it's good and bad. It's like I was just as excited downwinding on Sunday and had as much fun downwinding on Sunday as I had towing today. And I think that's a beautiful thing. But there's also something about it where being a Florida surfer before when the hurricane would hit, like it was all time, yeah. you know, like I'm not feeling like I'm not feeling the lows, Yeah. but I don't know if I'm feeling like the that. same level of highs on. Yeah. The, yeah. 
the yeah. elation of like, oh my, it's just gonna be mental. Yeah, I, 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 I can, I can agree with that too to some level. And when it's bigger, for me, it's, it's just more exciting, but it's not necessarily way more fun. I, what I really love about the smaller wave foiling is the technical aspects, and I'm not. Yeah. I there's there's some lines and things I can do on small waves that I just can't do yet on big waves, and I'd like to get there. But like the the, the technical aspects of the smaller the smaller wave foiling is makes it so fun, and yeah, with the bigger waves, it's just it's more of the excitement. Like oh, I'm getting super deep, and you're looking up. You know, we're not used to I'm not used to looking up at a lip when I do bottom turns, and that's super exciting, but. Yeah, I find that I like carving the most. Like I like laying down, like snowboard style G's. Put some down today. And, <laughs> and the there's like an amount of force that I can kind of hold in my legs, and I can hit that if it's two feet, and I can hit it. It's just like the turn has to just it just has to be like longer, to hold through yeah. the whole turn. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's where Kane landed in the real straight up style. And I actually started playing around with that a little bit. I've, I watched a lot of Zane Westwood yesterday after the session. I felt like there was like some moments where he was, a, he's doing some stuff that I'd like to do. And um, I feel like that helped I, like certain moments today. I, I kind of really felt that I channeled you Zane. Thank you, brother. <laughs> I tried some weird stuff today too. We never really got to finish talking about the, the rail grab thing. Oh yeah. Let's talk about yeah. it now. I, so I, I played with a couple of rail grabs um, on a like a front side turn, heel a heel side like I'm leaning into my heel side rail, and we were we were pushing like so so many G's today on some of our turns where your legs almost want to collapse into the board, which is a feeling that I absolutely love. And at one point, I put my hand down on the board right at the rail, not necessarily grabbing under the rail, but I was it was like a an extra control point to like support the pressure from the turn. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. so more than like... You're not you know, pulling in. No, like you think of like yeah. a typical, like like on a surfboard, if you did a rail grab, I think it's just a different type of rail grab. This one, it was like, almost like, like Spider-Man, like landing down on his yeah. feet and putting his hand down on the ground. Like that's kind of what it felt like. I had this extra um, form of control. Plus I'm, I'm, I'm pretty offset with my front foot. So where my left hand lands oh. is actually, so now I have three points of contact and on the front foot, I have the pressure from my heel that I can control. And now if I put my hand down, I have the pressure from my hand on the toe side rail. And that gives like that extra control. So I'm not getting pressed. I have an extra limb that's handling the G forces that are pushing me down into the board. Yeah, it's something I want to play with more. I see, obviously Adam Bennett does it all the time. And I've debated like, is that just a super rad style thing? Or is there a function to it? I think there's... There is there is a place where that could be like functionally uh, yeah. an advantage. Thinking about it, there's two ways to handle more G forces, and that's more force working against, or like a straight or more rigid structure where you're not you don't have that force in your muscles. And the three point thing, like the the grab, it makes sense because you have a lower center of gravity, um, so a taco is not going to be nearly as as destructive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a good one today. <laughs> um, and, uh, <laughs> you know, it just made me mad. Um, and so you get a lower center of gravity and then you're, you're spreading out that load. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's something I want to play with more. I don't, I, I don't think that that particular turn and the, the rail grab is, is applicable with the bigger wings. I think that's a small, a small wing, high speed thing. From what I from what I felt today playing with it. Yeah. Yeah. Be interesting to talk to Bennett's about that one again. Um, I know he's talked about that on the show before. He's we've talked about him coming back on soon, so hopefully yeah, that'll due. line up. He's due. Yeah. Hopefully he hears this and puts this plants the seed. There you go. Um Yeah. I'm starting to crash, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were like we finished towing. We're like, we we talked about doing the podcast. It sounded like a great idea yesterday, last night when we were frothing, and then we finished. We were on the water for almost five hours, and it's like, you want to do this? Like, uh, we've done good so far. Yeah. Let's do like another twenty or so. Figure it out. Um. Let's talk about. Let's talk about little wings. 
like in in energy, mm-hmm. you know, um, what are you looking for in a foil that you're going to be riding in longer period energy and bigger surf? It's got to be able to handle high speeds. I think that's my biggest thing. I was actually, I, w- I was a little over, yesterday was really big too. Yeah. And I was a little over gunned. Um, and today we were on a foil that was just the right size for for the conditions. And, you know, yesterday it was, it, there was a lot of managing. I was just managing my speed and making sure I didn't get over foiled and breach. And that just takes so much away from the the turns and the reading of the the lines you want to draw so for me it's i've got to have a foil that can handle the speed and i've got to have a foil that can turn at speed so i don't i don't want to just manage all the way through so that that's my biggest thing for especially like in energy we're talking about toe foiling and stuff i don't want to get over foiled so i think i know what you just said there i had to run downstairs the doorbell rang and santa claus came and brought some new foils. Santa Claus being uni. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what this is. This is probably the 170. I got uni to send me another 170 because my son at Hood River just destroyed the 170. That's something. You say it was Damo, but I watched you put I watched you put a wing on the rocks too. That, yeah, that was the 200. <laughs> I ruined the 200. But the 200 is not like my daily driver in the same way the 170 is. I can't have a totally ruined That's the, that's that's one thing about Hood that's a little more challenging. I, I'm used to soft sand. Yep. And uh, my feet were like, what are you doing, dude? Like, it's just rocks everywhere all the yeah. time. Even in like, just there's just rocks everywhere. Yeah. There's no like, <laughs> I don't think I ever felt sand and hood at all. And the local guys are like, let's go, man. And I'm like, pussyfooting around like, and they're just, it's like their feet are just used to it, I guess. But we finished our first tunnel run. And I was coming in and I saw, like, I was like really stoked that I saw like the little beach area to get out and like kind of, it was like good. And I was doing a couple turns and I was like all styling. I was like, I'm just going to cruise up here. I'm going to do my little Ollie stall. (laughs) (laughs) It's like about four people on the beach right there. So I cruise in and I do like the little Ollie stall and I came down right on a rock. Right on a boulder. (laughs) Went over the handlebars. (laughs) It was super loud. Yeah. It's the kookiest moment ever. It was just, just about as kooky as when we were walking out at the hatch the next day. And it was like all slippery on that mm-hmm. one little take and, and, and fully just ate it on the way out. I thought for sure I was going to eat it at some point and like have, you know, throw a huge ding on one of those downwind protos. And um, somehow I managed to not eat it like walking along those rocks. It was just so painful every time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, one of the reasons we wanted a podcast, and we haven't touched on this yet, but we should, because we can finally announce it because we announced it at Hood. Is that for the last six months? So Mike and I have been doing portal surf foil designs for the last what two years probably at this point year and a half two years, and um, you know it's gone awesome. Like I love the design stuff that that Mike and I have been able to, to do and accomplish, and you know feedback on the boards has been great. And uh, about six eight months ago, Uni asked if we would design their pro line. And uh, we, we've done it, and we couldn't talk about it at all, but it's out now, um, and we got to announce it at Hood. So that was really cool. It was like we got to toe on one of the production versions of the board. It's been really fun to go from, you know, we're kind of like a little mom-and-pop boutique, like skunk works type of thing where, yeah. you know, we care so much more about design than production. Yeah. You know, like we do like probably what one proto for two boards we sell. Yeah. It's not, it, we're, it's definitely not about the money, you know, we're, it's like, yeah, full on passion project. And it's been like that for years. And yeah. Um, so we're, we're taking that knowledge though and, and applying it to bigger production for uni, which has been super fun. Right. And we don't have to deal with all the, yeah, the yeah. production stuff, which is awesome. So that'll be happening soon if you guys are interested. If you've been interested in our boards and um, we have been bad at responding, which happens sometimes, or you didn't want to wait because they have been taking a little while and stuff, that's actually gotten a lot better um, recently. But uh, but yeah, so stay tuned for that. The Disco Butter, the shape that we've been working on, the one that Mike and I are both riding right now, is the the prone board. And then there's a... And there's going to be three sizes of that too. Gonna, yep. Yeah. Two four fours. One is uh, thirty two liters. One is twenty eight liters. And then a bigger 
guy version of that. It's like 35, 36 liters. Right. And then um, the one that I'm most excited about right now is, and I think I've talked about it on the show before, I, I built a board for a buddy here, Greg, who um, will be designed it, Mike and I designed it, but it's like a, it's like a five, five by 20, 55 liter type board so that he could get an easier prone. Um, he's a legend, like great winger, and just needs a little bit more paddle power to get in, and or a little bit more glide on, on the board to, to get in with, with speed. And so then he started winging that board because he's a great winger, and so it's just this great all-around board. He used to have four boards in his truck, or in his Land Cruiser, now he's just got that one, because his whole gear, it's, I love this about Greg, he's got all of his stuff in his Land Cruiser at any at all times, so that if it's ever on, anybody. he's there and it's on. Yeah. Um, but so that's that's another model that's coming out. There's gonna be a couple sizes of that, and that one was the one that everyone in Hood that, was that like frothing was, on. Yeah, super well received at AWSI. Yeah, for sure. And then Finch's model, which is yep. gonna be great too. Yep. Yeah, he he brings some design concepts that are not super typical for Eric and I. But the interesting thing about um, Finch's design, like with how he's doing his rails, it's something I've played with um, individually from Finch's design too. And we've both felt some interesting advantages to um, his type of rails. And it's more totally. of a planing, like it's like surfboard type rail, like harder edges, like for, for release, there's no, there's no bevel, like a traditional foil board. But when they, that, that hull design just planes so well, it's a different mm -hmm. feel. Like you can actually kind of put the board on the water and I was playing with that rail shape um behind a wakeboard boat and i just put the board on the water and i was able to actually like lean on my front foot fully and get in this crouched position and i was like man like this is this is different like and it just it just hung right there in the wake and then i started going on this whole path of maybe this is what would what it would take to get a barrel on a foil like you actually just put the board on the water and i like to argue with eric about it now about how that would probably go but <laughs> yeah I yeah we don't need to get into that right no, now we don't but but the, it's an um, interesting um, design concept and that's different from what's typically seen so I'm excited about that one too yeah I mean that board's gonna be great in white water it's gonna be great to surf like like radically in the pocket um, yeah so anyways that's kind of like a, a side note but something that's really cool that we can finally talk about now because it's been a lot of work I mean yeah, probably, a lot of photos and probably eight months would be my guess right now. Yeah, but um, but yeah, stoked that that's actually it's really cool. Like when you, it's, I'm such a, I like immediate gratification in a lot of things, and some of these projects like the foil project and now this board project, it takes like a year before you can really share what you've done, and that's really hard for me. But it's like I'm getting better at that, mm -hmm. and that was like it's really cool to have like a final production version that we were towing on today yeah um and it felt great it's it's board kind of, feels great the yeah. pads like we're gonna change the pad it's too sticky i can't move my front foot and it's like blowing me up it's bothering me didn't bother me but whatever <laughs> maybe you don't move your front foot i do i mean if you have a real wide stance and stuff like <laughs> oh god uh yep that just didn't bother me but i thought it felt sticky in a good way um you definitely couldn't come off yeah yeah right. Maybe it would maybe it would help it's like help with phone bashes and stuff. <laughs> um, right on. Well, what's what's coming up, Mike? What are you excited about in foiling over the next little bit? Um, I'm excited about the season we're coming into here because it's going to mean more downwinders. Yeah. So that that's really exciting for me, especially like with the, just the experience of Hood and seeing high level downwind guys like Josh Koo and. Um, the, the army guys that were there. Um, yeah, Oscar. Jer we should name Oscar. Oscar and Jeremy. Yeah, oh my those God, guys man. real. Like, I got the, you know, I was lucky enough to kind of be on the rocks at the hatch and watching them go through on a run. Mm -hmm. And some of the lines they were drawing on downwind, I was like, dude, that's like, wow. Like that's their, you know, tapping into this, yep. these lines that, you know, maybe I wasn't seeing. So it was super cool being able to, and then like, like cool, like we were, you know, I'm downwinding with him, like on a bump right behind him, and I'm watching the lines that he's choosing and yep. how he's playing the game. And I think it's really gonna up my game here. Yeah. And we downwind together all the time, and I feel like we're on the same level. 
for downwinding here and we've grown together watching right. each other but we haven't had that outside influence that like shows you exactly, what's possible yeah and so, video does not do it doesn't do it justice man. i mean prone i think is yeah. so much more relevant video but downwinding it's like just doesn't ever look fast or cool yeah. compared to what it is in real life mm -hmm. and the speed that these guys are finding in yeah. in these you know certain sections and what they're doing once they have the speed you know mm -hmm. are they like wrapping around to the to the wave behind it right at the perfect moment where it's going to be the steepest and doing a big top wrap i mean i saw some yeah. pretty incredible things and yep. yeah so i'm stoked to amp up my own downwind game here this season um, after the hood experience yep yeah I'm stoked to be downwinding Damo now. That's so rad, man. Yeah. Like, and dude, Finch, like Finch didn't. Oh yeah. He was. He wasn't really a. He's good now. Stand up guy. Yeah. He he was a, a basically a prone guy, and then all of a sudden I go to Hood, and he's he's right there with the best of them. Yep. And Legit. he's doing his yeah he's doing his same Finch turns and like he's popping up, you know, right with me or before me, and he's gone, and I'm like yep. shit. Now I have to catch up to Finch. Like what's like. You know, two months ago he was like not super comfortable on a stand-up paddleboard, and now he's, yeah, that was so that was cool. He 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 put some time in out there, and it definitely showed because when we got there, it was like he was just had it had the had it dialed. Yeah, well, and the other thing that I would say is that if you love foiling and are skeptical on downwind, just buy a downwind board and do it because. It's tough to explain or showcase what it is because video doesn't do it justice. It's hard to like explain, to articulate the feeling of doing it. But it's so good. It is, I have a hard time believing that if you worked hard enough to learn, you would ever be disappointed that you spent that time to do it. No. Or, or the money at that, you know, it's like what it does on the East Coast. Um, like foiling is the best investment there is because like you no longer like it, what would you pay to move your house to like a world-class surf break like that's like, that's the alternative yeah. right like <laughs> yeah. uh, there's just always an option here i feel like whether it's if it's glassy you know it's like we got a prone option if it's yep. windy well can you downwind or is it a wing day is it a shore runner day like it's there's always, yeah. There's always something to play with if you're open-minded enough and you're willing to put the time into, to learn those extra disciplines. Yeah, I'll also say, dude, I love towing with you. I was thinking about like kind of like, you know, getting to. I got to tow with Gabe Kling this week too, which was insane. Yeah, I'm jealous. But uh, I love the way that we push each other when we're on a ski together. I always, it's mm -hmm. always like, much closer to imminent disaster, for me. <laughs> Yep, that's just how it is with, <laughs> with our, our buddy down in Costa when I tow with him. I was, we're in a group chat and I was kind of making some, some jabs about how uh, this particular guy will, he's got a, a beautiful way of forcing you into these crazy backdoor sections where <laughs> like you literally don't have a choice but to go down the line that he's envisioning for you. And he will put himself in a place and whip you in in a way that that's it. Like you're go like this is the direction you're going, and you're this far behind the actual pocket, and he'll just shoot you in. And I, I have, on some of those trips, made some sections that I wouldn't have dreamed of making. It's a great clip I of you on one have, of them. Yeah, like one, I'll never forget that wave you're talking about. And I probably, if I was driving myself on the ski, would would have not put myself where he put me. So it's cool with the the, the ski and tow partnership how you mm -hmm. can. Like even being a ski driver, I can still push Eric a little bit, right? And you mm -hmm. can still push me a little bit, mm -hmm. and it's it's cool. Yeah. And then your 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 buddy's always like close by to see how you're how you're riding that wave. So like that that adds that extra level of like, oh man, like am I gonna am I gonna do this bottom turn and hit this lip right here, or am I gonna not? Yeah, that's so different than in prone because in prone like you're hanging out, but you're not watching. Yeah. Foil. I'm not watching right. you Especially foil the Especially when it's time. as big as it was today. Like, you right. wouldn't be able to see much. Right. Prone. Yeah. So you can't cheat. No. You can't, like, can't, like, whip out. No. Um, yeah, there's, there's way less bitching out when it comes to towing when you're, when your bro's right down the line watching the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, so I mentioned Gabe there a minute ago. It is incredible how fast Gabe has gotten good at foiling. Obviously expected. World-class surfer. 
one of the best surfers to ever come out of Florida, CT guy. Yeah. Um, he's so good at foiling. And his wave knowledge in operating the ski was just crazy. I'm sure he's toe foil or toe surfed a whole bunch. Uh, he used to have a ski, he said. And um, but the funny part was like the the whip speeds. I don't. Gabe probably won't listen to this. So, but, like, <laughs> he will after I tell him you're talking about it. <laughs> but, but the whips were just like next level because I guess if you're surfing, which I've never yeah. really toe surfed yeah. much, you've got to whip really hard. Yeah. And so there was some white knuckle holding onto the rope. Like, uh oh, this is fun. Yeah. It was awesome though. It was so good to to share the the water with him. It's man, I I get to foil with Gabe quite a bit down in St. Augustine, and I've been able to watch his journey. And the thing that impresses me the most is how how well and seamlessly he bounces back from foiling to surfing. Like in the same session, he'll go, you know, all right, like it's the tides, you know, it's it's kind of pitchy. He'll be on a shortboard, absolutely ripping. Tide fills in, gets just a touch fatter, comes in, grabs the foil, straight to ripping. Like there's no, I unfortunately have lost that. Like I foil so much now and surf so little right. that I feel like I would need like a full day. To, to get my feet back on a surfboard and, and be like at any, you know, like performance level again. And he just bounces back. It just w literally whatever the conditions are best for. And he's going to rip on both. And it's so cool to see. And then because I get to see him surf also, I get to watch how his surfing in, is influenced in within his foiling. And that's really cool just on the lines he's drawing and how yeah. he does his turns. And yeah, it's super rad. I love watching that. Like we're seeing it with Geiselman too. Like, yep. Just it's so cool watching these super high level surfers also take on foiling and take it on from their perspective and their knowledge. Yeah, yeah, it's been super rad. That's awesome. Um, is there anything else you want to touch on before I got to crush a bunch of food and take a nap? I'm good. I'm about, I'm, I'm, yeah, we're crashing hard. <laughs> yeah, we're I did, I want to say thanks to everybody in in Hood, all the local guys, TJ and um, Trey and. They were so helpful on spots, and I was, you know, we were texting them and like, hey, what's the weather look like? Like, you know, what do we, what do we have? I think we we definitely owe a big thanks to those guys for kind of guiding us in the right directions on places and takeouts and put-ins and yep. you know this tunnel or that tunnel or you know no tomorrow you got to you got to go further east or west or whatever and it, it just that was super helpful. It made for a really great experience. Yeah, TJ was hitting us with a wind report every yeah, evening and every morning. It was, great. It was super helpful. Um, love that guy. And dude, it was awesome being able to go into big winds. It's like the first. Like, I know, man. Like, that was just really cool to be able <laughs> yeah. to go in there and 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 hang out with TJ. Um, and also thanks for the he let us borrow paddles while we were out there, so we were using his paddles all week long. Yeah, that was huge. So yeah, support big winds. Um, TJ's a great dude. Um, so, we'll kill her, brother. Uh, anything else we need to say thanks to out there? Um, Dom at uni Probably, as well. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dom, it was really nice uni having us out and, and all yeah, that. I too. really appreciate that too. That the the uni family vibe is awesome to be able to sneak in and be part of for that that week. That it was, was fun cool. to have that barbecue, you know, like everybody yeah. hanging out and stuff. That was great. Definitely a, a, a good fan vibe. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I feel like probably like. Unis is amazing. It's like surf folks, but I bet a lot of the vibes are like that. Like that's what I gathered from the trip, though. It's just yeah. like there's like legit froth and um, yeah. We're yeah. not we're not the only frothers. No, it's good to be amongst <laughs> yeah. the people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, good vibes. Yeah, right. There's other people like you out there. That's the message for today. Yeah, they live in Hood River. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, I've got a bunch more podcasts. My, my hectic summer, I get really busy during the summer and, and the podcast, you know, kind of got put on the back burner a little bit here, but that's winding down. It's starting to wind down right now. So we'll be back on a much better schedule. And I've been working on um, some episodes. Uh, Keith Tabool is about to come on. I think Kane's coming on again. Um, some other special surprises are in there. So uh, stay tuned and uh, shred. Send it. You. This is.
This is the Russian Project Podcast, deconstructing foiling, flow, and the learning process with your host, Eric Antonsen.